I told Nick, though, because uh, we were here for this last year, obviously, and I was in traffic for 90 minutes after the show. Oh I said there's God. two times that I've sat in actual traffic, and it was the Bad Bunny concert here in D.C., oh, yeah, which it took bad. me two and a half hours just to get out of this neighborhood. Oh bad God. Bunny is the biggest musical act on the planet. Yeah. And I get it now. I didn't at the time because I'm old. And then I watched him at um, SummerSlam, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Or at WrestleMania, wherever the hell he just was. WrestleMania like, Backlash. Yo, yo, Yego. Yeah. He was a minus 120 favorite against uh, Damian Priest, and he cashed the ticket for us. <laughs> <laughs> Take. Kid, kid, kid can wrestle, kid can sing, kid can dance. All right, we bring on Evan Townsend to look ahead now to the NBA draft. Too. Yeah, because, I mean, I can only talk about the congressional baseball game so much. We could actually hey, talk about money. real players that we could bet on. and where they're... Look, I love the NBA draft. I mean, everybody's sitting here at this table, obviously, Evan loves it. But, you know, one of the things that we're hearing a lot of rumblings on, we know this is lying season trades, especially going up there, number uh, three, four, like those early spots. How many, if any, trades do you think we might see at that top half, especially like, let's say, like the top five spots or so that might shake things up a little bit? Um, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, <laughs> I'll say a good two to three. Okay. Two to three, possibly. Um, is my audio good? Yep. Gotcha. Oh, you're great. Yeah, yeah, no. We got you, man. Yeah, no. Um, Charlotte has shown no indications that they're locked in on Scoot. I think the only thing Scoot has done, uh, you know, to maybe implicate where he maybe wants to play is where uh, Lamelo's super bright Puma shoes. You know, the guys signed to the same deal. But um, yeah, Brandon Miller is probably gonna go number three, and uh, I'm looking at teams like Indiana, uh, teams maybe like Orlando. Um, a lot of teams that even made the playoffs, you know, have um, not <laughs> the most money. In cap space, not the most room. And, you know, the beautiful thing about the draft is that it's before free agency. And, you know, there's going to be so many storylines like today about guys maybe wanting asking out like Bradley Beal or other implications of maybe somebody wanting to have a new venture. So, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of trades come draft night. But top five, expect at least a couple. Wait, did you just say you think Brandon Miller is going to go three? Yeah, mm -hmm. Brandon you do. Oh, no. So Brandon Miller yeah. plus one seventy to go third overall. Scoot Henderson moved from minus two fifty to minus one ninety five to go third. I think the odds are in favor of Scoot uh, going third right now, and and Brandon Miller going third. I am, uh, or Brandon Miller going second. Excuse me. I am curious though. Like, there's a lot of I guess ambiguity or like polarity about is this a deep draft or is it not. Like, how many tier ones are going to be in this draft? Like, do you think that this is a, a deep draft? And if so, why are so many teams looking to trade down? Yeah, so um, for teams looking to trade down, um, I know OKC kind of made a move that not a lot of people understand, but it's all about roster spots and opportunity. Uh, guys are looking to, to play 20-plus minutes, uh, have guaranteed roles if they're lottery picks, and you have to abide to that. Uh, you know, two-way guys on really bad teams uh, that are just buying – uh, prime for you know playoff minutes. Those are going to be two way guys, second round guys. But in terms of like how deep this this draft is, um, it's a little bit deeper than last year's. There's a, a couple guys that return that are going to be I don't want to say first round locks, but I guarantee uh, you know like I said contributors at least on the NBA level. Maybe a, you know a couple uh, G League stints. But um, in terms of like the number of guys that are going to have the what quality of three or four NBA contracts. I say maybe 35, 40 plus. Uh, you know, the guys that have um, superstar potential uh, range from anywhere, obviously from like Victor Wembanyama, Scoot, Brandon Miller. Uh, I'm taking Cam Whitmore. I love Cam Whitmore's game. Mm 
And you can even throw both of the Thompson twins if they both find themselves in the right uh, situation. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of ways you can tier it. Um, you know, the Athletic put out a very good uh, piece this morning uh, breaking down how many tiers and why, where you can rank these guys and, like, the terms and uh, analogy you can put it. But uh, it's just a free range of saying, like, there's, let's just say, 30, 35 first-round good guys. Evan, how many, if you had to guess, how many guys in this draft start right away? Oof, uh, that's a great question. I honestly have never been asked that. Let me think. Um, man, let's just go through the list. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. Let's just say eight. Let's say eight. Um, it really depends on the situation. Uh, you know, there's teams like Brooklyn. Um, they they might just be messing with anybody and everybody in the media. They they're saying we're gonna hold on to Mikael Bridges and they hold on to Cameron uh, Cam Johnson. But you know, the right deal might come around and they might just press the reset button. And that might be, you know, guys in the 20 range, whether if it's, you know, like a Jalen Hutchifino or a Kobe Bufkin, uh, you know, falling into the starting spot. So, yeah, it, it really just depends. Are there any prospects where you just don't see it? Maybe they're, they're, maybe they're being mocked or projected right now to go higher than you think that they should? You know, I, I hate hating on a guy. Um, yeah. it, it really just depends on how, you know, their agencies uh, publicize them. There's many, you know, draft uh, – Draft brands, whether it's you know no ceilings, um, uh, draft deeper. These guys, uh, I met them out in Portland, and you know in terms of how they evaluate guys and how they have to be honest. You know their honesty can mean you know, a lot of guys don't get uh, interviews. That people tune into how people uh, like everyday guys like me evaluate these grown men, and, and that there's a lot of money on the line. Uh, the the best comparison, um, but actually, I got to answer your question first. Um, top of my head, man, man. Just say it. Oof. It's, it's, say it's Brandon tough. Miller. Just okay. say Brandon no, Miller. No, 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 Just say no. it, Evan. It's, it's, it's tough. Not leave Brandon Miller alone. Let can, me actually I, throw I, a name your way. What, what no, are your thoughts I got, on? I got you. What are your thoughts on Nick Smith Jr. Who like you know like going into last season? Wow. You know, some people were projecting him maybe to be a top ten pick. Now I'm seeing five as well. All the way down to like that's exactly what I that's exactly what I was about to say. I didn't I didn't want to say him because I have a story that I was kind of contemplating. If I want to mention it or not, because I actually saw him uh, play in the preseason. He was injured throughout most of the preseason. I forgot what it was something with his knee or his ankle. And uh, they threw him out there in the preseason, knowing that he wasn't going to be ready necessarily uh, for the uh, regular season. And he didn't really play that well. He only played 10, 15 minutes. And in terms of how he you know, played the rest of the year, it was all just an evaluation to see how he could play on ball and off ball as a true combo guard. And with Anthony Black as you know the lead initiator, a six-seven just jumbo playmaker that makes all the right reads. You have to make sure that you get you get you guys uh, you get you guys the right reads at the right time, and they can get a great amount of shots. Nick Smith would have games just like Keontae George, where he would light it up and look like he's a first-round guy, just for just because he was a a, a five-star five-star guy left, went to Arkansas early. I remember Brandon Boston was number two behind Cade Cunningham. Obviously, Brandon Boston is a, a, a granted uh, you know solid NBA player. That's the best frame to put him in. But it's just like, you know, it's all about opportunity and getting guys the, uh, in, the, in the right rotation for the right amount of minutes. Um, so I was, I was going to say Nick Smith originally, but it's just, you know, he, he was, the media was messing with him. In, in the, in the uh, March Madness tournament, this kid was crying in the, uh, in the locker room solely because, uh, you know, the media came out saying that he was turning on his teammates. And there's so much, so much money on the line. If he was a, a, a guy from, you know, top 10, you're looking at guaranteed seven, eight million. But if you fall all the way to the 20s, you're looking at two, one, 
And he's not going to be a second-round guy, but, you know, he has all the on-ball intangibles to be uh, a star. He has star potential. Uh, but for someone who is called the what, – what, what are they called? <laughs> the, uh, the, the touch god, that's what mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter, uh, Jeff Twitter calls him. You know, he's, he hasn't shot that well from, uh, from his little pretty floater. Mid-range has some questions, but uh, a team's going to get very lucky knowing that if he falls in the right de- development system, he's going uh, to be solid. So. Talking to Evan Townsend, BetMGM tonight. You know, there's always one or two guys, right, that get drafted way before anybody expects. Like, we can look at all these mock drafts and say, all right, we think this is what's going to happen. There's always one or two names, though. Somebody goes way higher than expected. Who are those names that you could see maybe jumping all the way into the top five? Or maybe it's just a lottery pick that's projected as like a mid-first-round pick. Yeah, so the tier of guys that nobody knows where they're going to go. I would obviously love Cam Waymore to go to uh, Detroit. I've been saying that for a good while. Uh, but like if like a Drace, if there's a trade, if Detroit trades out that pick, nobody knows where like a Drace, a Taylor Hendricks, an Anthony Black, a Sar Thompson. But the one guy, the one guy that can sneak in there that doesn't have necessarily a promise from any anyone, uh, but he knows that he's probably going to be a top 15. And there may be a team that says, OK, we need a center now. The center market is abysmal. I don't want to trade for a Mitchell Robinson. I don't want to trade for a JaVale McGee to be a third stringer that's supposed to be second stringer minutes. That's Derek Lively. Now, Derek Lively was a a second-round guy, second-round guy in the middle of the season. I'm talking he was literally just put in the system to be just a sole sole rim protector and anchor for that defense. Now, now, here's what happened. He basically showcased, okay, I have a little bit of an offensive game in terms of I'm not just going to be a a defensive guy. You're going to be throwing just sets at me in terms of I can – I can go out and guard maybe three, three through five, but in the pick and roll, teams were having so much trouble. And once he figured out, you know, Kyle Filipowski wasn't the best defender, they had to have a good, I forgot what the zone they were in. It was like a, a one three one matchup zone most of the season. Uh, defenses had a really, really tough time knowing that uh, Derek, Derek Lives is a good 7 1 uh, plus wingspan. The guy's going to be a, man, I hate putting him in this tier, but he's going to get the same amount of respect as like a Nick Claxton one day. I truly do believe that. And, like, those are the guys, the Jared Allens of the world, they don't grow on trees. Uh, true live threat. Um, not the best playmaker out the pick and roll. He kind of stalls, and the lights kind of get too bright in moments. But, you know, it's like I said, it's all about the right system and, you know, the team believing in you. Yeah, I'm curious. You know who's been getting uh, and is, like, a kind of, you, like you were saying, sort of lottery, maybe in the teens, is uh, Hood Shafino. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think about him, what his upside is, best fit. Man, I see. Here's the thing about being a draft analysis. You know, I love uh, Jalen Hutchinson's game because, in terms of the tiers of guys that could that could be starters next to Wimby, either day one, you know, with the right system, with the right rotation, um, or you know, long term. And I put out a, a graphic. You know, I, I got my guy uh, Ben J. I was like, hey man, I need a Jalen Hutchinson graphic. Got me the next morning. Tweeted it, and the mixed reactions. I even got his. I think it's his cousin or his brother uh, in my mentions, just defending him. Uh, Jalen Hutchinson, you know, came to the uh, University of Indiana as a shooting guard. He was in the stack class of, of Monteverde in Florida, the Monteverde Academy. These guys pump out NBA prospects like I don't know what. Uh, he was kind of just like the shooting guard initiator. I can drive. I can get my own. These guys are just dominating their their opponents on on, on all ways of just you know analyzing it. But he came into to Indiana and he came in as a lead guard. He was a point guard. And, you know, in terms of being a lead guard in the system where, you, like I said, you have to hit you guys, you got to get your guys going, and everyone has to get their shot opportunities, right? 
Jalen Hushafino, <laughs> I remember the game against Purdue and even the second game against Purdue. Man, their people were closing out reads, and they, were, they weren't daring him to shoot, but he was, he was the self-creation guy. He looked like Damon Miller. He's, no one can stop him from mid-range, from three-point. And in terms of, like, the holes in his game, you know, being 6'5", being, you know, switch, being able to switch out on guys, it's all about effort and showcasing that you can play defense all the time and literally being able to guard what, what you can promote. That wasn't showcased in all and <laughs> and maybe half the games. Uh, people are going to nitpick me of that a uh, galore. But Jalen Hushafino is probably going to go anywhere from maybe 15 to probably not anywhere past the Brooklyn picks unless somebody makes a, a trade for him. But somebody's definitely going to make a trade for him. And who knows, this kid could definitely be an all-star one day. Oh, we only got about like 60 seconds. What are your thoughts on Grady Dick as a pro prospect? Ooh. I saw him knocked as high as 10. <laughs> Grady Dick. Well, first of all, you know, I think everyone needs to just follow Grady Dick on TikTok. The kid's just hilarious. Uh, human being in terms of just what he brings you know a lot of people like to nitpick his defense it's really just his on-ball defense off-ball defense team defense is 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 pretty good I gotta say I remember he was pinning shots against the glass against guys people were kind of shocked jaws are dropping Grady Dick is a light 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 up shooter he's necessarily the best shooter in this class in terms of movement shooting and being able to just draw out defenses knowing that guys uh, have just so much volume and you have to go out and close out him because he's always going to be a threat from 35 feet away, from close in NBA range, from anywhere as a movement shooter. He's going to be a guy that's going to be in multiple three-point contests. Obviously, because of the name, you know, people like to, you know, make fun and, and hee-ha-ha, but the kid was that Bill Self's program, a military program doing backflips in practice. He's going to have Jeez. a fun career. People are going to love him. And, you know, ideally, you know, I, wherever he goes, Utah, OKC, they're going to embrace him, and he's going to be a fan favorite, so... Now we're getting closer and closer to the draft. We're going to need some NBA now with no more finals. We were talking about that today, Evan, going, oh, my God, there's no there's no games. What are we going to do? Republicans so that, are already up for you. There you go. Look at this. All right. Evan Townsend, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. You guys have a good one. Yeah, I mean. Look at these guys. Hey, here we go. It's a, an onslaught. An onslaught Oh, my right God. Now. Look at this guy. He looks super athletic. <laughs> wow. There's this an- is incredible. They fought, they televised this. I, I mean, listen, this is the time of year. There's not a lot, not a lot going on. You know, this is. This they is need to have some real now. pitchers in there pitching some heat. It Just, is weird though to see, like, old people. Sorry, sixty-five year old uh, men at the plate at Nats Park, like on FS1 right now. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird weird thing to see. But it's not like this is the first time it's happened. It's just, I guess you notice it because it's right outside, and we're going, oh look, all these people here for that poor Nats. All right, we take what Evan had to say and look more at the NBA draft market and what that means next. Ben MGM tonight.